Hi, I'm Max. I'm Joe. And I'm Zan. And we're the Three, Three Whining Witches. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow and give us a five-star rating. Also, please share this podcast to those who you think might enjoy our content. Welcome back, witches. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was a weird voice. I'm in a weird mood right now. That's it. End of the week voice? No. No. It's the, I'm so glad I'm not at work. The end of the week voice? <laughs> what? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the end of the week voice. You don't go to work this weekend. I actually do. I have oh, to work on suck. Sunday. That sucks. Yep. But I get Monday off. Cool. I can pick a day, actually. Mondays are good days to have off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. Do it. For sure. So what's going on? What's new this weekend? Uh, my son is turning 10. Oh, the double digits. And now it's making me really sad. I don't want to talk about it. He's almost a preteen. He's already there. Oh. Attitude-wise. <laughs> Attitude-wise. Yeah. Estella is... How old is she? Like five? She's five. She's so, already there too. She's already 13. <laughs> really? Yeah. Attitude big time. Yeah. No cap. Oh my God. She says that all the time. So that's the only reason I would say that. No cap. That's hilarious. Otherwise I'd never say that. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, y'all have any plans this weekend other than the party tomorrow? Um, other than the party and coming back over here to spend some time with the fourth witch, that's oh, about that's it. That's right, that's right. And have a soccer game. <laughs> we can just, her code name can be the cereal. The cereal? <laughs> Instead of some, you know, it starts with an S. So. The cereal? My son already has his first soccer game in this season. I would have had two if they hadn't postponed to Silas. So I would have had two soccer games and then his little party. It would have been a nightmare. But I only have one now. That's good. Before we begin our podcast, we'd like to give a shout out to our friends Shelby and Jenna over at Miss Willa's Book Club. They're also a romanticy book podcast. And just like us, they are best friends and like to enjoy a drink of the episode. Whether it be wine, cocktails, or even a, an occasional mocktail, they are in for a good time, all while discussing their current read and sharing their laughs. You can find them on all podcast platforms, major and minor, at Miss Willa's Book Club, on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willa's Book Club Pod, and on YouTube at Miss Willa's Book Club. Let's show some support and send some love and tell them that Mags, Joe, and San sent you. I love that name. I love me some from Blood and Ash. Oh, I know. I love it. I, I still think about when that girl got caught in the, uh, trying to trying to read that or whatever. Oh, in yeah. the I love that. God. I love that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so I had to spoil ready. that for... But yeah. Love that name. Yeah. That's probably right after... Like, it's kind of like side by side for the Accord of Thorns and Roses series for me. Did y'all read that before or after? It was after. It was definitely after. It was kind of like getting out of the slump. <laughs> it helped a lot with that. Like, I, nothing was satisfying anymore. Like, after Akatar. That it's hangover? Just like, yeah, the book hangover. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I have an Instagram question of the week. What's on Cassian's workout playlist? Back that ass up. Yeah. Juvenile. He does, like, Nesta's. <laughs> rear quite a bit i'm too sexy right said fred pony genuine <laughs> you belong to me taylor swift yes 
<laughs> you know he loves it. Work, bitch. Somebody yeah. sent that work, bitch, without who sang it. Because I didn't know who sang it. And I thought they were telling me to work because I was on break. Brittany? <laughs> I didn't know that. I've never heard that song. You gotta work, bitch. Is that what she <laughs> says? Yeah. I was like, is she calling me out? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, basically. She calls, she's calling everybody out. Mm-hmm. Mambo number five. Oh, God. That reminds me of the cereal back in high school for some reason. It reminds you of the what? The cereal. Uh, the code name for uh-huh. your... The fourth... Oh. The fourth... Witch. Oh, I don't know why... She likes that song? No, she would just always play it. Like it was always here. Mm-hmm. I do remember our little rides down mm-hmm. Main Street. <laughs> and then we'd be listening to the countdown. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye. I'm sexy and I know it, LMAFO. Fly as me, Silk Sonic. I don't know what that is. I've never heard that. Change by the Deftones. And Baby Got Back. Sir Mix a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Hilarious. So the first wine of the night that we're drinking is Stella Rosa Strawberry Rosé. And it's, it's quite good. Okay, so last week we ended up with the Queen's requesting Rusan to prove his character, his improvement in character. They all believe that he's evil and just melts minds. And so in order to have them hand over their half of the, or maybe not hand over, but let them use it, the book of breathings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to do that. It is very hard to lend out books. You know, people are very irresponsible with them. Don't bend the spine. Julia's looking at, well, Joe's looking at me like, like <laughs> you used to dog ear my, my, my books. Chapter 41. When the group returns to Velaris, they run into Amran waiting for them. Rissan tells her that the queens want proof of their good intentions. The entire group starts to think of plans to get the queens to hand over the book. Moore offers to speak to them once again, and Azriel immediately shuts down this plan. The queen's palace was built by fey hands to protect the humans from them. It would be a death trap for her. Azriel is so, like, protective. Like, he gives her a glare. Oh, my God. So, when I first got pregnant, mm-hmm. Arnold was so overprotective. He was like, you better not go work out. Oh, my God. So, I just... Oh, my gosh. I, I used to go to, you know, back, way back when. Mm-hmm. I used to, Over 10 years ago now, oh, I used to go to the gym. Oh, I remember. You took me to that one that you would go to. You tried to get me into it, and I, I, I felt like I was dying. Mm-hmm. What's a gym? I, yeah, it was I mean, like a, I want to tell you that I, it's probably been that long since I've been to home. I've been to other little gyms like the Snap Fitness, but unless somebody's barking at me to go, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, our arm overprotective, so I can imagine how this feels. So Favorite asks the group what proof can be offered. She also asks who Miriam and Draken are. Could they possibly vouch for them? Rissan tells her of a fey kingdom in the southern part of the continent that existed before the war. It was called the Black Land, and the queen of this territory made Amarantha seem as sweet as a lame. Damn, that I sucks. I mean, Amarantha is sweet. You just have oh to learn her ways. God. In this land, you know, y'all's oh my gods <laughs> about this, or your oh my gods about this, is my oh my gods about Lucian. Oh. 
Blasphemy. <laughs> anyway, in this land, all humans were born slaves. Miriam was half fae and born a slave. She was deemed human and denied her fae heritage. Emma cuts in to make the story shorter, which I thought was funny. Like, she was just had no patience for it. <laughs> Miriam was... That's kind of how I am sometimes. Yeah. Miriam is. was given to the queen's betrothed as a wedding gift. Her betrothed, a fae prince named Draken. Draken let her escape, and Miriam was found by Jurian. The names. I know, I know. It's, it's, I stumble on them all the time. It's like the worst thing for me who can't speak right. She joined his rebel armies and became his lover. Lover. She was also a healer amongst the warriors, including his fey allies. A healer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, she ended. <laughs> She ended up tending to Draken, who apparently broke his engagement to the queen and had been looking for her, Miriam, the last three years. Because Jurian was too focused on winning the war, he was blind to Miriam and Draken falling in love. Apparently, Amarantha, wonderful as she was, told Jurian that Miriam had betrayed him to be with Draken. Don't talk shit. Which, which, um, I mean... Mm. That was true, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't. It was real. It wasn't his back. Behind his back. That's what Moore says, right? Oh. He oh. had ended things. Anyway, everyone believed that both of them perished in the war, but they just used that as a way to start over somewhere else with their people. So Farah asks, why not show the queens that? Rhysand tells Farah it doesn't show his character and would also be a betrayal of their friends. They suffered for peace, and he wouldn't bring conflict to them. So, have you ever had to prove your character to anyone? All the time, yeah. Can you give me an example? An example. Uh, how do I say? Um, I guess, like, when you have, like, a reputation anywhere that you may or may not be aware of, and then you meet them, you become friends or something like that, and then there's always that conversation where, you know, I, I thought you hated me mm-hmm. when we first met. <laughs> So you can't tell me that y'all haven't had that happen to you. No. Uh, no, yeah, I definitely haven't had it happen to me. <laughs> no? No, I said I definitely have had it happen oh, okay, to me. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it happens to me all the time. I yeah, have, all the time. I've got the worst RBF. Do you just give out bitch face all the time? All or the what? time. <laughs> I'm not aware uh, of it. So anyway, yeah, no, when Arnold and I were trying to get married, you have to prove to the priest that mm. you are what your intentions are with the, your partner you end up having to take this class you have to take a compatibility test That's and so then weird. he goes uh, well actually we did it with the deacon not the priest it's like an aptitude they goes, test for a marriage it, it's long oh. and you have to go through all the ones y'all didn't disagree on and see how important it is to you that you guys have the differences in opinion it was just this whole thing it took a while that makes sense so yeah I mean I see I can see why that would be helpful but I felt like that was us having to prove, like, we want this. This is what we want Mm -hmm. to do, you know? So Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, for, like, couples that are, like, not even, not mature enough to consider the the ramifications of getting married and then, like, their ideas of what marriage should be and shouldn't Mm -hmm. be, you know? Mm. Especially the people who get married real, real young. You know, sometimes I think that... My a true personality probably didn't come out to like late twenties, you exactly, know. Exactly. Yes. And so I feel like the people who uh, 
get married very early sometimes as obviously it's not going to be everybody but sometimes they haven't even grown into the person they're going to be yeah so totally agree yep you maggie no i don't think i have hmm. i don't really talk much and i don't really hang out with people i'm just there i'm a loner <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said like no one's ever been like oh don't trust her you felt like you had to like make yourself more trustworthy or something like that or no no. I mean, to be honest with you, like in high school, I was always at home because of that ex-boyfriend. Oh. And then afterwards, I just jumped into a marriage and like I was just always at home. So I didn't really get to experience life like y'all did. You know what I mean? Mm. So Fair asks, if not that, what will they show? He tells her they will show them Valaris. And of course, this shocks everyone. He tells them he doesn't mean to bring them to Valaris, but he will show them playing by their own rules. He asks more to send word to her father that they will be paying the Court of Nightmares a visit. They would go to steal the Veritas from Moore's father's chambers. The Veritas was an orb that was rife with truth magic. It was one of the family's most valued and guarded talismans. The orb was known amongst the humans and the queens would know it and know that it was not an illusion or trick when they show them Velaris. That night, Farrah walks around Velaris coming close to the rainbow. She contemplates walking in, but she's kind of chicken shit. She doesn't want to fall in love with the place if there is a chance she might lose it. So she turns back and goes home. When the, she, the rainbow is the art district? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> with, the, with the accordion music? I was going to say, it's like, there's a literal freaking rainbow? I would have walked in it already. <laughs> I know. So when she r- arrives at the townhouse, she finds Risan there with a sad face. When Aww. she asks, what's up? He tells her he's thinking about asking her to stay home when they go to the Court of Nightmares tomorrow. He has to become something he'd rather her not see. She asks why, and he tells her she's only just started looking at him as if he is not a monster. He can't stomach if the way he treats his peeps down there, down there, (laughs) would set him back. That sounds funny. I mean, it wouldn't be all that different than the way he was acting under the mountain, right? Right, I wouldn't think so. She tells Rusan to let her help in whatever way she can. And he lets her know that she, too, will have to play a role. Do you feel you have to act a different way for a certain crowd? Yes, unfortunately, yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like not a lot of people can handle personalities, so you have to, like, work around them. That's for me. Like, with y'all, I could be myself at work. I have to tame myself a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, like, mostly I think I can tie this to family member stuff and work stuff. I hate it because it's, I like, my life is very intertwined with work. But, yeah, I do feel like we have to act a certain way. I think our all our lives are really intertwined with work because you're, it's a third of your life, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, let me think. It's, okay, so, like, if you, wherever you work, you're always going to have coworkers that you would love to just be friends with, you could be friends with, but they have terrible work ethic, or they have a fair, or you're you're pretty sure that they probably talk crap about your behind your back, but to your face, they're fine, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. I you talk about do it behind my back, respectfully, like you know, <laughs> I don't care, but 
And that that's kind of how it is. It's a little it's a little Game of Thronesy where I work, so it's you gotta present well and yeah, you know, kind of like also accept a lot of you know gossip and stuff, mm-hmm. but also not spreading it. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's the key to like surviving a bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Farah asks Reese why Moore was so upset when she left, and he tells her that she was sold in marriage by her father to Eris, Lucian's brother, Lucian, Lucian. who had a reputation for cruelty. Moore begged Reese to not let it happen. He took Moore to the Illyrian camp for a few days. She saw Cassian and decided to ruin her value by sleeping with him. The way I would do the exact (laughs) same. Eris would not marry her, and her family tore her apart and dumped her at the Autumn Court border with a note nailed to her telling them she was Eris's problem. Eris just left her there, and Azriel found her a day later, and this made her understand why Rhysand could not endure Nesta for more than a few moments. I didn't understand that. How does that make him not be able to... Because her family was shit, and so he doesn't want Eris family to treat her like shit. Is that why? I don't, I don't know why she said that. Oh. Maybe because they just let her go just like that? Didn't help her? Yeah. Maybe. But that's it's what I thought, but I was just like, uh, okay, I, what, messed up? I don't get it. Yeah. It's very, like, it's reaching, you know? Mm. Yeah. It was a weird time to bring it up. Yeah. Chapter 42. On their way to the Court of Nightmares, Feyre can see the worry on Rhysand's face. She had agreed to play this role for him, but he was still bothered. To try to lighten the mood, she tells her that Moore and Amran informed her the span of the Illyrian male's wings says a lot about the size of other parts. They also happen to say Asriel's wings were the biggest. (laughs) He loosens up, saying when they head home, they could bust out the measuring stick. I think it's funny that they're like measuring stick. You know, we would say ruler or like tape measure or something. No, uh, measuring yeah. stick. No, and how I would love to have that excerpt of the book where they're all sitting around, the girls talking, where Amron. Right? Yes. <laughs> I would more. love to hear the girl Amarin talk. Because oh, yeah. like she's different, right? Yeah. So I would like I to see her take on Bay Men or whatever. Yeah. It's almost like Amorin is such a mystery, but then she's totally girl-talking with Morin. So, <laughs> Feyre. I'm sorry. During their flight, Feyre touches his wing, and he tells her that is very sensitive. She asks if it tickles, and he gets close to her and brushes his lips against the shell of her ear. It felt like that. Illyrians are trained to protect their wings at all costs. But during sex, an Illyrian male can reach completion just by someone touching them in the right <laughs> spot. He's never let anyone touch them in that situation. So, are you ticklish? Do you like being tickled? <laughs> no. I'm not uh, ticklish. I I am fine with it if it stops. Like, after <sighs> the first, like, two seconds. I am only ticklish, like, on my feet. Mm-hmm. And, again... Again, and Arnold can find a way to make me ticklish, but also, if I want you to stop, you stop. Yeah. <laughs> Punch you in the face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's f- funny the first, like, two seconds, and then if I tell you to stop, you better fucking stop, because I will 
kick your you know but you know what i've never experienced anybody that or known anybody that could do this but george my son can turn it off i can turn it off you can yeah Okay. Do you remember when Dad, when our, we were little, he would say, I'll give you a dollar if you don't get tickled. And he would try to tickle oh, you and tickle sure. you and tickle you. I wanted that dollar. Oh, and you God. trained yourself. <laughs> Dang. What? <laughs> well, that's it. I'm, that's, that's the end of my story. And I feel like that's, uh, that's kind of helped me not be as ticklish. And like I said, it's only my feet. And it's because like my feet are always covered. So like when you, somebody touches them, only in only certain spots. And it's always like the light touch, right? Because to me, like, I've gone to get a pedicure and they rub mm-hmm. you. That doesn't tickle. Oh. But if it's, like, a light touch, I'm like, don't do that. You know what tickles when, like, they're like that on the back of your hair? Like, mm. when they put your fingers, like, real lightly. Oh, chill. Yeah. yeah. I hate the, the, when people, like, do the little... They, they think you're they're tickling you, mm-hmm. but it hurts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. During their flight, they get shot at by ash arrows. They land and resand wants Cassian to take her to the palace while he and Azriel hunt the shooters. Pharaoh refuses, saying she would be able to tell where the arrows were made and if they came from the hand of another high lord. She tells Reese and Cass to take to the skies while she and Az hunt by foot. Reese gives out additional orders and tells them they have an hour. No one in the Court of Nightmares will know what happened, and they cannot afford to let the weakness show. They did not find the attacker's or any missed arrows, and the hour soon passed. As they walked into the court, Farah had to tell herself this was not under the mountain. It was a metropolis carved from the dark stone of the mountain. More walks with Farah, and they walk in silence, ignoring the high fae they passed. More leads her through the gates to the official seat of the High Lord of the Night Court. More is dressed in a red and sleeveless gown that clings to her breasts and hips. Vera was dressed much like she was under the mountain. Her breasts and backside were hardly covered. This time she wore black, glittering fabric. They reached the throne room and Moore's father stepped into their path to ask where Resand was. Moore tells him the High Lord comes when he wants and her father <laughs> sort of sizes up Feyre. Moore goes up to the dais and announces to the crowd that the High Lord is on his way and in a foul mood. As and Cass walk in before him, and as Reese enters, everyone goes still. He strolls in with his hands in his pockets and a crown of stars atop his head. Now she recognizes that he was the most powerful High Lord ever born. Everyone bows to Reese, including Feyre. I think during this whole time, she can like literally feel him coming into the. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting, right? It's like mm. vibe. It almost makes it. She makes it sound like it's like a vibration, like yeah. the sh- the ground is shaking or something like that. Also, I wanted to mention that when more is in there, they there are like people open not people other Faye openly hissing at her. The yeah, it's so rude. Anyway, did you read the chapters? Yeah, like it's. Yeah. On two. So <laughs> petty. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's dumb. Like, why, why would you hate her? I'm annoyed about that. They're mm-hmm. probably, she's supposed to be, supposedly very beautiful, right? Right. It's just candy bitches. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> Jealousy. I also wanted to mention the fact that when Pharaoh goes in there, she's under the mountain, and it's like a city under the mountain. It's not like under 
the mountain was like it was con- like not canals um hallways and mm-hmm. levels and stuff it is a literal city so i imagined in super mario when they go down the pipe oh. <laughs> and it's dark and it's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is to me that's what i think of now when i think of hewn city reese spots pharah and asks her to come with him he takes her to his throne sits and then tugs on her to sit on his lap her role was to play the High Lord's whore. He has one arm around her waist and the other on her exposed thigh. That second hand gets a little higher and Feyre leans back against his hard, warm body. Feyre plays her part well when Reese tells her every man in there is thinking of what they would give up to get her mouth on them. He tells his subjects to rise, finally. He summons Moore's dad, Kier to the dais. Kier sort of sizes all of them up, but he cringes when he sees Asriel. Reese asks for a report from the steward of the Hewn City and signals to the others, more Cass and Az, that they can leave. He tells Reese all has been quiet since his last visit, and he asks, Reese asks, if there is no one to punish and seems disappointed when he's told no. <laughs> All the while, Reese is rubbing up on Vera, and she's starting to get affected by this, by his thigh caresses and kisses on her sensitive parts of her shoulder. Her no-nos? Well, they're not that no right? <laughs> and to her embarrassment, she knows Reese has noticed that change in her demeanor. Many were watching all of this happening right before their eyes. Oh, my God. This kind of reminds me of a certain book that we recently read. Are y'all one for public displays of affection? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. I've never been like that. Many were watching all of this happening right before their eyes. Kier says he had heard the rumors and now sees that Tamlin's pet has a new master. Barf. Kier mentions that Reese is doing this to make a statement and makes a comment Feyre does not appreciate. And she retorts that she would put a leash on him. Reese commands his steward to fetch Feyre some wine. This entire scene is being acted out in order to buy Azrael time to get the orb. Through their bond, Feyre lets him know that she knows he is good and his mask does not scare her. Feyre starts feeling up his thigh and she's getting all sorts of hot and bothered. (laughs) Reese moves his hips that rubs in a way that could have sent her over the edge and she was tired of feeling lonely and cold. Feyre sees Kier standing and watching with her wine glass in hand. (laughs) All of a sudden you like catch this dude, oh yeah, you're in here. (laughs) (laughs) They speak down the bond about how much Kier is disgusted by this sight, and Feyre is trying to wiggle his hands away from her cookie because (laughs) he'd see the evidence of just how much he'd affected her. And then she feels just how much she's affected him. And then he does get there and she is mortified. He tells her it's just her body reacting. She remains upset at herself because she and Tamlin were almost married a short time ago. Azriel returns and gives an affirmative signal to Reese that he's acquired the orb. You know, their secret signal. It's like an eye wink. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reese calls Kier to come forward, and Pharaoh leaves to find Cassian. As she walks by the steward, he whispers, You'll get what's coming to you, whore. And that was it. Rusan was set off. Night exploded into the room, and when it cleared, Kier was on his knees. 
Rasan demanded an apology, and when he hesitated, Feyre heard bones crack. His arm had been broken in four places, and then his elbow, and then his other arm. So, if you were Feyre, how would you have reacted to Kira? Would have killed that bitch. Don't call me a whore. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I would have probably been afraid of both of those males. But I also, as a reader, just kind of am also wondering why haven't they killed Gear? <laughs> anyway, that whole like situation is just so scary. <laughs> what's What's bad though is she's not supposed to show that she's got any power. Right. right. So right. she can't really just go and Do kill stuff, him. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, so, why hasn't Reese killed him? No, I know, I get that. But yeah. I'm saying, like, what could she have done secretly to have <laughs> hurt him? Kick him oh, in wait, the balls? I, I know. What I was thinking when I read that part, I think they mentioned that at the very, very beginning that there were parts of the night court that were very happy with Amarantha's rule. Mm. And I was thinking maybe Kier was, like, part of that mm. happy part. He seems like the type, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I like to stake my daughters through the stomach all the time. And so I accept this Amarantha lady because she's totally cool. Like Julia she's thinks. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Shooting star. Excellent style. <laughs> Shooting star. <laughs> Rhysand threatens him, telling him that he is not to see a healer when he awakes. And then Kier collapses to the floor. Then he tells no one in particular to dump him in his room. The remainder of their time in the Court of Nightmares, Feyre's focus was dominated by the High Lord of the Night Court. She was in trouble. Our second wine of the night is Casa Rosa Rosso. It's really good. It is. It's very good. I liked it a lot. Chapter 43. After leaving, Reese winnows Feyre to a moonlit mountain light. Rhysand apologizes to Feyre and she asks why. He didn't want her to see that side of him. She tells him she knew what she was getting into and please don't protect her. Not like that. Feyre tells her he would never lock her up, but when he heard what Kier called, had called her, his instincts took over. She seems upset that it affected him this way and he says he will kill anyone who hurts her slowly. Feyre says she doesn't want him to stop taking her places or letting her help because of threats against her. He tells her once again that he is not like him. He tells her to stop comparing him to Tamlin, and this stuns Feyre. Valid. Yeah. He knows how the story ends. He will be depicted as the Dark Lord who stole Feyre, and Tamlin will be the hero who gets to keep her. She's angered, asking about her story and her reward. Frustrated, Rhysan asks Feyre what she wants. When she takes a while to answer, Rhys suggests she take a while to figure out what she wants. She says maybe she doesn't know what she wants, but at least she doesn't hide behind a mask. Who would want to bother with that sort of mess? <laughs> Ouch. I know. She knows she hurt him, and she tries to apologize, but he interrupts and says, let's go home. Have you ever said anything ugly to someone during an argument? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think that I probably did say things when I was younger in an argument, but now I purposely don't. Are you ready to say you're sorry to me? No. <laughs> but, like, when Arl and I are arguing, like, I do not say mm. mean things. I think that that's not fighting fair. Yes. I think that's just 
trying to be hurtful. Especially if you're fighting with somebody and you know their insecurities. That's awful for you to use it against, for her to have used it against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is very nest like yeah. yeah. But I think that you fighting fair is also shows how mature I am. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, you, I have um, gotten into arguments with Charlie before. I don't think I've been like super ugly, but I like to get really defensive mm-hmm. and it kind of like hurts his feelings <laughs> mm. you need but, to learn how to control that <laughs> but i don't get like real ugly with him but he's real sensitive he's a big teddy bear oh I... yeah <laughs> one of the things i've learned but I mean, it must have been like oprah I, I was watching or something and i i remember hearing the advice that never be with someone that you can't argue safely with Mm-hmm. I guess. And so, like, their version of arguing needs to be compatible with how you want to live your life. So, basically, like, no yelling matches, no name-calling. like that. So, those yeah. were, like, the standard for me. That's not all there is, by the way. <laughs> Just letting you know, because it wasn't all for me. Well, I mean, what's your fighting style, Sandra? Your <laughs> argument style? Honestly? You're mean, aren't you? <laughs> well, no. No, I'm not. I have, you know, I have had some really terrible relationships with toxic people and I may have like fallen into that dramatic toxic thing with them but then I've learned about myself that I need to stop being so emotional but men are like they want to be like oh you're just being emotional about Mm -hmm. it whatever and it it invalidates like oh you like you got emotional about it I'm a woman I'm a human being and if you don't if you don't like that that I'm emotional that's still wrong, too. There's a happy in-between. I personally have not found that yet, so. What's Charlie's <laughs> argument style? Charlie's real sensitive. Like, if we argue, it's over something stupid. And it only lasts, like, maybe two minutes. I have a question. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you're not in a relationship, but let's say when you were. Yes. And you mm-hmm. currently are, and I currently am. Who's the first one to say they're sorry? Me. Charlie. Me. Always. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because women want to salvage the relationship most of the time. Unless you're a narcissist. And if you're a narcissist, you are not going to admit it to yourself. Yeah, Maggie. (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. Also, (laughs) just to note, if you ever are feeling crazy, like you're feeling like you're crazy for thinking the the way that you do, you feel like you were just proven wrong Mm -hmm. and that your feelings, like you're not making any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a sign that you are in a very toxic and narcissistic oh, yeah. relationship. Don't look at me like I'm in one. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm just saying. saying that well, you're I mean, all I'm, I'm saying, saying is that maybe you're not in one, but Charlie's in one. Here's help out there for you, Charlie. You are going to start treating them differently. I have Charlie's number down. I'm not calling him. Are you okay, Charlie? Charlie, blink twice. What are you doing? Blink twice if you need help. I know. It's not often that no we get No wonder he's been wearing long sleeves. It's freaking dead as summer. Yeah. Anyway. So the rest of the group has been waiting at the townhouse, and Feyre heads to the garden. Meanwhile, the rest ask Rhysand what Kier did to set him off. She feels awful because she took secrets he had told her in confidence, and she threw them in his face. Mm-hmm. She waits for Rhysand to join her, but he never comes. In her mind, she's going over their entire relationship. Maybe she was disappointed that he backed off when he saw how he affected her. She was jealous that Rhysand didn't smile at her like he did Crusader. 
She thinks maybe it's time she tells him she doesn't want to pretend anymore and call it a joke or a distraction. She wants him and is ready to tell Reese, but he never joins her. The following morning, Resand is not at breakfast or the townhouse at all. She even wrote him in their typical magical way, but it never leaves her palm. Angry, she heads to Amarin's apartment. Amarin, once again, is surrounded by the book and papers. <laughs> Amarin tells her that Reese had bitten her head off earlier. Mm -hmm. When Favor asks, she tells her that Reese is off hunting whoever shot at them. I mean, that's a good sign that he still likes you, yeah. right? Yeah. She thinks whoever it is can track Reese's magic, so if he winnows, they can find him, or if he uses his powers. So they'll be going to one of the Illyrian war camps in two days. When Feyre asks why not now, Amran tells her tomorrow was Starfall, the first in 50 years. <laughs> the rest of the world celebrates the holiday as Ninsar. Starfall is celebrated instead of Ninsar at the night court, and it's the only place you can witness it. The rest Amran would leave as a surprise. Feyre asks if they'd come back after they leave, and Amran tells her not for a while. As she turns to leave the apartment, Amaranth tells Feyre that Reese was sort of a ghost after Amarantha, because who wouldn't be sad? Mm -hmm. And she made oh. him come alive. Oh. <laughs> Amaranth says they are lucky to have him. She's known many cruel and weak high lords, none that dreamed of peace, freedom, and a world united. Feyre says that Reese feels like he's the villain of the story, which makes Amaranth snort. <laughs> As she leaves, Vera says the villain is usually the person who locks up the maiden and throws away the key. That's funny. You are not a maiden, though. Right. Yeah. He <laughs> was the one who let her out. Later that evening, Vera tries once again to write to Risan, but he never answers. So between you and a significant other, who would win at the silence game? Oh, my gosh. They always win. I'm the worst. I am going to bug you. If they need a certain amount of time to like chill and just let them process things, I am not the person to be with you. You know, <laughs> I want to go. I and I blame mom because mom immediately folds. Mom is just like, I'm sorry, and I feel like that's how I have always been. Mm -hmm. I cannot stay mad at you long at all unless you're you're a certain person that I I just don't like very much. Yeah, I don't stay mad for very long. I, I say my piece and like that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Sometimes even like minute like an hour later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I do try to hold my own with my silence, but I don't last because I mean, I'm at, well, I have kids. Mm -hmm. We have to be functional. Yeah. So I don't like though when someone becomes that gives you the silent treatment and they ex you to figure it out and you don't necessarily know why they're upset uh, right I, I, I that that's I toxic yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced that but I've seen other people experience that mm -hmm. and I think to them well I don't think out loud and tell them because obviously I don't want to disrespect their relationship mm -hmm. but I'm thinking in my head why are you with that type of person yeah I know. Mm -hmm. like if they're not at least willing to tell you why they're upset yes I was with somebody like that one time yeah they didn't talk to me for three days. Oh my goodness. And it's not because I told them you're, you were a high lord and you, <laughs> you, and you wear better. a mask and you hide from people. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it is nothing to that level. Right. But three days, dude. Like but three days. Was it somebody you lived with? Yes, it was. Oh my gosh, I know. The first was. person I lived with. You know what's sad is like when you're going through that, you don't even notice anything. You're just thinking of the stupid person. You know what I mean? Because I was in a relationship like that too, where, mm-hmm. where every time we got mad, he would stop talking to me for like two weeks. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, he would just pop up. Like nothing happened. Like it was just you know, a normal day. Yeah, there was no resolution. And then there you go back again, like, nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't find nothing wrong with it. You know, it's like, it sucks. Yeah. It, it would, I hate it because they're like, mm-hmm. now I'm ready to talk to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like on their time. Right? And there you are, like a puppy dog with your tail between yeah. your eyes. It's like... Like, you're so grateful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking to me again. Right. Until you grow as a person uh-huh. and you're willing to leave all of your clothing behind yep. just oh my God. to escape them. And my Twilight movie, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that was that was me. I was willing to leave all of my yeah. clothes, all of my 2000s clothes. <laughs> Dude, we can't be using them right now and be cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, I left all of my low-rise jeans at your house. <laughs> And I was willing to get rid of those platform Jessica Simpson shoes. I did not care. Yeah, that's pretty desperate for you to just drop and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I will say she kind of yeah. did a similar thing in the summer court. So they're kind of like very similarly matched, you know? Mm-hmm. Like she didn't show up to breakfast because she thought that he had slept with Arnie so Crusader. <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, she's mad about this smile that she he shared with Crusader. Uh, he told fake. her it was all fake. <laughs> I know. So, uh, I know. She's, Wait, she's 19. She yeah. is 19, yeah. I, I always have to remind myself that. Yeah. Were y'all ever told never to go to bed without... Angry? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, it is bullshit. Okay. I, it might be bullshit, but I'm never angry that long anyway. Yeah. So. That, that is, but you know what? I feel like that is how things should be. Like, you shouldn't be, like, taking things so seriously. Mm-hmm. Chapter 44. On the night of Starfall, Pharaoh looks at herself after getting... <laughs> I, I can read. I can. I really can. I can read like a commercial. I can read. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that, that song for Rainbow. <laughs> Chapter 44. On the night of Starfall, Pharaoh looks at herself after getting dressed and sees that she looks so much more healthy. She's dressed in a sparkly, clingy dress that made her look like a fallen star. She goes to the rooftop garden to see if her sand was there, but he is not. <laughs> Joe, so bad. I just read your damn sentence. What the fuck? What? What? You put Cassie in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so our note taker then puts on here, Cassian, my best friend. No. My boyfriend. My boyfriend. My boyfriend. <laughs> Meets her up on the rooftop to take her to the festivities. Don't you ever notice the little <laughs> treats I leave you on these oh, things? Oh, yeah, your little <sighs> Easter eggs. I love Miss Cassian. Your little webbles there. He flies her to the House of Wind and sets her down on a patio off the dining room. He leaves to get her some sparkling wine. Yes, this man knows, knows his wine. He knows what's up. He does. Yeah, babe. You can tell in uh, A Quarter of Frost and Starlight, too. Yes, he knows what's up. He's got good taste. 
and there is no sign of Rasand. Cassian leaves Feyre to go speak with Azriel and another male who she does not know. <laughs> did you kind of wonder who that male was? Yes, I mm, wondered too. I thought you would know. I didn't I ask you. I was wondering. More comes to Feyre, wearing little more than a slip of silk as a dress. She tells Feyre it won't be long until the fun. She also tells Feyre that Amran is not at the celebration. Ooh. She's still holed up in her apartment. Also, something about Starfall disturbs her. Pharaoh mentions a little about the plans in the next few days. Pharaoh casually asks about Moore and Cassian, and Moore tells her it happened once, long ago. Moore gives her a watered-down version of what happened and why it happened. They don't talk about the incident much because apparently there was a huge fight between Reese Cass and Azriel. They were upset about what her family would do to more for debasing herself. So have you ever remained friends with someone you dated? No. Yes. I wouldn't say I remained friends, but I I stayed like cordial, I guess. I don't know what you'd say. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, typically I wasn't friends with him to begin with, so mm-hmm. there was no mm-hmm. need to carry that on. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. all my exes are usually dead to me. She tells Pharaoh that nothing has happened between her and Cass since then. She's had lovers since then, but gets bored. She says Cassian wants what he can't have, and that it's bugged him that she walked away without a care. And then Reese interrupts to agree with her. He then tells Pharaoh she looks like a woman again. Moore makes a comment about his compliment style and leaves them to talk. Pharaoh tries her hardest not to look at Reese, looking fine, but fails. She asks if he is still going to ignore her. He tells her he's there now. He didn't want her calling him a hateful coward as she did in front of her (laughs) notes to him. She's a bit stunned until he tells her he just needed a bit of time. When Vera asks about this celebration, Reese points up to the sky. A star vaults across the sky, brighter and closer than she'd ever seen. It passed overhead and then disappeared over the curve of the horizon. The star was followed by many more. The crowd starts dancing, and she can see more dancing with both Cass and Asriel. Like, that's like the dream, right? Anyway, but when she looks at Resand, He looks sad. He'd been taken away from the city he loved so much to fight again. He tells her he knows a quieter place to view the stars. So, would you say you're good at reading other people's feelings? I am really good at reading other people's feelings. I am not good at all. I say generally, yes. There's always going to be somebody who puzzles you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will ask till you get annoyed so badly that you tell me. Are you okay? Are you okay? And that's probably a sign of me being in way too many bad relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he takes Feyre to a private balcony in the upper level, and they start talking a bit about their argument. And she tells him she didn't mean what she said about him, but Reese said there was some truth to what she said, which is why he stayed away. She asks about the queens, but they have not received a reply from them. Pharaoh once again looks up at the sky and says they weren't stars. And Reese tells her the ancestors thought that they were, but they are spirits on a yearly migration. They'll keep coming until dawn, but there have been less 
and less throughout the years. He doesn't know why, and after a bit of silence, he tells her that every year at the, t- the time of Starfall, Amarantha made him service her what a bitch. the entire night. She knew what it meant to him. He got through it because he knew his friends and his city were safe. He doesn't want to ruin his people's night by hanging with his said so mm-hmm. she tells him his people would be happy to lighten the burden and he asks if it would be the same way she lets others help her she goes to hold his hand and tries to turn toward him but it is blasted by one of the glowy spirits and gets splattered with their glowy guts oh, <laughs> i love it because that is exactly how I was thinking that <laughs> it is. Of course, Rhysand laughs at her and stops her from wiping off the glowing liquid. He tells her it looks like her fre- freckles are glowing. Favorite tries to <laughs> shove Rhysand, and as he sidesteps to get out of her way, he is sideswiped by a glowing star as well. <laughs> Favorite takes Rhysand's hand and draws a star on it and oh, then no. smiles at him. She hadn't done this for him ever. Like, I don't know. Would draw for him? How frequently <laughs> anyone does that for anybody, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's awkward as hell. She reminds him that he owes her two thoughts from when they first arrived at Valaris. Reese tells her he didn't come speak to her or see her because he thought she'd throw him out on his ass. So he thought hiding was the better choice. His next is that he wishes he could take back the kiss from under the mountain, and she asks why, and he tells her because it wasn't pleasant for her, and he was jealous, and she hated him. And after another awkward stare down, Feyre asks if he would like to dance, and he agrees. So, have you ever asked a male to dance, or vice versa? What do you mean, vice versa? Um, if you're a male and you asked a girl to dance, or if you're a girl that asked a girl to dance, or if you're a male that asked a male to dance. Mm. <laughs> I don't dance, oh. <laughs> but but I would say that sometimes, like, a Charlie, I feel like he, okay, he's going to hate me for this, but I feel like he's on the spectrum a little bit, you know what I mean? Oh. And he gets so embarrassed to do certain things, oh. and so, like... He hates it when I wrap his arms, like, around my waist and start, like, just, like, dancing like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. He hates it. Why? Like, he, he gets, like, real embarrassed. Even if you're alone? Yes. Oh. It's funny. It's cute, but it's funny. Like, he hates it, but Aww. I still make him do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, but, yeah, but that's the only time that I've ever had a male dance with me. You really? Because <laughs> I hate to dance. <laughs> oh, you hate to dance. So why are you making Charlie dance? Because we're in private. Like, <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I think I've asked, I have asked somebody to dance, but they, they did dance with me. Because we were like, okay, it was an understood thing. You know, like, I dance with you when I go out, and you dance with me. When you ask me to dance, I say yes. And it was just understood. We didn't date each other. I, mm-hmm. I think we did, we did go on a date, and it was awkward as hell. So then after that, it was, like, understood. We we just dance mm-hmm. with each other. I'm pretty sure I've asked some. I like to dance. I, well, I don't like to dance currently, but I used to like to dance. And 
So I, I'm pretty sure I asked several guys to dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably a lot of people, like when we used to go dancing at like mm-hmm. Whiskey River, mm-hmm. that I didn't know their names, but I knew they danced. So yeah, I was like, yeah. hey, come dance with me. Yeah. And we did it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, it wasn't serious. I never talked to them again. Probably never danced with them again either. <laughs> yeah. But that was, you know. Yeah. I had a coworker and he would dance with me and I'm like, let's go dance. And he would just be like, <laughs> And then we would dance. So mm-hmm. third wine of the night is Prima Mazzo. Piemonte Bruschetto, something like that. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I know, I spilled it all over me. <laughs> <laughs> it smells excellent. So chapter 45, the next day they go to the Illyrian war camp and Favor continues to think about the night before when she was dancing with Reese into the morning hours. She thinks of her body pressed up to his during their dance and then him kissing her goodnight on the brow. She thought about how she waited, hoping he might come to her room later, but that didn't happen. She's a bit upset with herself for feeling this way about two months after leaving Tamlin. Even though she hated him, Tamlin had done so much for her and her family. So do you think that there should be a minimum of time between romantic relationships? In a way, yes. Honestly. Right. Growing up, knowing friends that literally had no end to a relationship like they just hopped from one to the next right Mm -hmm. which is very sad because like I feel like you learn more about yourself when you're single almost than when you are with somebody sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's really sad when you see people that just literally cannot be without a partner like they can't be with themselves Right, like or I, love themselves enough to to want to wait and find somebody that's worthwhile. I just feel like you need some time to heal yourself before you get with someone because you don't know for sure if that's a rebound or you know you don't want to hurt somebody or whatnot. I don't think time should always matter, but only if you're ready. You know, like if you were with somebody and you didn't care, well, fine. Yeah. But, like, if you just got out of a fresh relationship, you know, oh, I love you and all this stuff, and you're just trying to find somebody to fill up that hole, Mm -hmm. that's not going to do it, you know, because you're just going to make trouble for yourself. Unless you just want the hole. (laughs) I was in college. I I was in college. Was I in college? Yes. I remember there was a, like, a two-year span Mm -hmm. where I literally had relationships that did not go past four months Mm -hmm. like it inevitably at the four month mark it would die i just and i just fulfilled that prophecy for myself because i was just like i'm gonna go on to the next person (laughs) the next victim like no this isn't him yeah no i was never looking for the person right i was like oh I just knew that this is the next person on my list, you know? (laughs) I was never looking for that person. And I remember having friends that were so young looking for their life partner. And I was just like, I'm just trying to figure out myself, you know? Mm -hmm. In the Illyrian war camp, there was no warmth, no joy. Favor cannot imagine how the children spent their time there. More comments that she hates the place and wishes it burned to the ground. A group of six males come to speak with Rhysand. He asks, or the leader asks, if this is another inspection because his dog, 
my boyfriend, Cassian, <laughs> had just come recently. He tells Therese the girls are training, but Cassian says he didn't see them in the ring. Did he call him a dog? Yes. yes. What a fucker. So the ass male tells that <laughs> the tells them that the male the females do their chores first before training. We learn his name is Lord Devlin. Reese tells the Lord that he had already told them the females trained before chores and then orders him to clear out his mother's old house. The Lord tries to argue about his top warriors occupying the place, but Reese doesn't want to hear it. When Devlin looks at Vera and makes some stupid comment, Reese threatens him with some colorful violence if any of the group lays a hand on her. Reese gives more and Cassian some directions and flies Favor away for some training. During their flight, they discuss how Reese has started training females to be a part of an aerial fighting unit. He's gotten a lot of pushback, but surprisingly, Devlin is one of the few who lets the girls train in his camp. Favor asks why Reese puts up with Devlin, his attitude, and how he speaks to Cassian. He tells Farrah that Devlin let them have a shot at the blood rite and didn't deny their victory. Most camp lords would not let the half-breed and two bastards have a chance. When Farrah asks, Reese explains the blood rite is a challenge to move from novice to true warrior. You go into mountains unarmed without magic or ability to use your wings. You have no supplies or extra clothing. When they started, the three of them, Reese, Cass, and Az, were initially separated but fought their way to get to each other. Reese sets Farrah down where they will train. He wants to see what her practice has amounted to. Before starting, Farrah asks when he met Tamlin. He asks her to show him what she's got, and then he'd answer. And she shows him a little water magic. He tells her that Tamlin was born when the war started. They got to know each other at court functions. He befriended Tamlin after seeing what he went through at the hands of his older brothers who knew Tam would get the title one day. He even taught him some Illyrian techniques. Tamlin's father was threatened by the strength of both Tam and Reese. He wanted to prove that he wasn't weaker than the two. So while Reese was delayed from meeting his mother and sister at an Illyrian war camp, Tamlin's father, brothers, and Tamlin himself went to the camp and slaughtered them. They put their heads in boxes and sent them down the river to the nearest camp, and Tam's father kept the wings as trophies. And this makes Vera want to puke. Reese continues to tell Vera that he and his father exacted their revenge one night at the spring court. Reese had killed the brothers, and his father had killed both Tam's father and mother. He had killed the mother even though he promised he wouldn't. As Reese's father headed to Tam's room next, he tried to stop him. They had killed enough. But Tamlin opens the door and sees them, smells the blood, and kills Reese's father in one blow. Tam and Reese looked to each other and knew that they were both now high lord of their respective courts. And Reese ran away. So do you believe in an eye for an eye? Mm. And a tooth for a tooth? No. Expand? I, I don't because I think it just it just depends on, on what the thing is. So if you are meek enough to kind of endure that kind of thing, I think that in the long run you will learn and maybe even be able to arrive to a place where whoever fucked with you probably comes around. To be like needing your help, 
Um, I don't think that for myself I would exact revenge on somebody. I, I couldn't do that after the fact. Maybe if I was in the heat of the moment and it yeah. just happened, I could maybe do that. Yeah. Like especially if it was like a child or something. Yeah. But if you have time to think about it and it's been a day, I'm not gonna go back over there and come after you. I just can't do that. I don't feel like I am the the judge and enforcer. You know what? That's not me. Right. Right. No, totally. So Favor apologizes for not knowing the entire story. She gets angry about all that Tamlin had kept from her. She had been comparing Reese to Tamlin when Tamlin had done so, such horrible things to him. She understands now why Reese acts the way he does to Tamlin, why he made him beg when they were first introduced. So would you say you're short-tempered? Yes. I think I can be, but I think that I've grown a lot of patience over the mm -hmm. years. But I used to be more short-tempered. Right. When I was younger, I'd say yes, but it takes a lot for me to mm. have my temper. Just because I don't want to get revenge doesn't mean that I don't want... I get, just don't get initially angry, very angry. <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that. Mm -hmm. I'll see red. Like, I'll, I'll like, I oh, totally I get do, that. Yeah, I do get very angry. When I do get angry, it's an uncontrolled angry. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten so angry that I just can't talk to anybody. I won't talk to my kids. I won't talk to anybody because I know whatever I say is going to be hurtful. Mm -hmm. But I think that that shows that I have grown a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go bite somebody's head off when I'm angry. I'm just going to just not talk. And if they push, I'm going to say, I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm angry right now. I'm going to say something to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had uh, an ex, recent ex, do that, which I always thought was really nice because when you can recognize that in yourself, that's really grown up of you. So somehow, Farrah sets the entire clearing on fire and shocks Reese. <laughs> Farrah kills the fire. In her veins, there is now flame beside ice and water and darkness. She thinks to herself that these powers are hers now, no longer the High Lords who have given them to her. Once she could figure out how to use them, she could weave them into a new power. She looks at Reese and asks why he had not told her sooner, and he tells her he didn't want her to think he was trying to turn her against Tam. And weirdly, the next thing she tells Reese is that she wants to paint him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and thankfully, Reese makes the joke, nude would be best, oh because god. I couldn't handle more serious paint talk. We've had our fill. <laughs> yes, we have. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> Bye. So any comments, questions, anything like that can be sent to our email at 3windywitches at gmail.com. And usually every week we have a poll on our Spotify. So if you listen to us through there, please answer that so we can reveal your answers. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at 3windywitches. If you have any comments, questions, or additions you'd like to make about the episode, you can also reach us through DM on those social media accounts. We appreciate any constructive criticism. Also, if you follow us on Instagram or TikTok, we have been putting out weekly questions and we really like to read your answers on air during the episode. So. Thank you to those who have answered and everyone else head on over to answer. Wherever you listen to this podcast, we'd appreciate a five-star review and a follow, and we thank you for listening. Until next time. See you later, witches. Toodles. You. Yeah. <laughs> so fly in the sky. <laughs>
I can go twice as high. <laughs> Just take a look. It's in a book. A reading ring. Lamar is so jealous. I can go anywhere. <laughs> Some, I don't know that part. <laughs> oh, 